how good. So welcome to church this morning. Feel free to grab a seat. High five someone on the way down. Heard that high five. That sounded good. Yeah, where's mine, Marty? There we go. Oh, nice. Well, my name's Dan. If we haven't met, I'm the youth pastor here at City Church. Super excited to be sharing the word with you this morning. Why don't we pray and then we'll get into it. God, thank you that you are so good. Thank you that you love us. And God, right now as we come around your word, we ask that you would speak to us, that we could hear a word from you that we could take into this next season of our life, that we could take into this week and apply it, God. God, we pray that you would change our hearts, change our minds, transform us into who you've called us to be. In your name, amen. So good. Well, I wanted to speak and share something this morning, and I just wonder this time of year, or maybe in your life, have you ever had a moment where you've been hoping for something? Maybe you've hoped for your sporting team to win at the grand final, maybe your Brendan Jones, we did, you did. there you go, hope's alive, dream came true. You're waiting for that score, you're waiting and it's like a close game, so you're on the edge of your seat, waiting and wishing and hoping that the team's going to win. Maybe like all our year 12s this week, you're waiting for your HSC results and you're like, man, I wish I did good enough. Or man, I wish I got the score or the degree that I needed to get to get into university. Maybe you're waiting for something or some news. Maybe it's a medical or test result, physical result, and you're waiting you're going, man, I hope it's not as bad as it could be. I'm hoping and waiting for some good news rather than some bad news. Or I'm hoping that this family situation that maybe I'm facing or this circumstance I'm facing might actually turn out for good. I'm not sure where it is at the moment, but I'm hoping that in the future something good will happen from it. We have this relationship with hope, and this is what I want to touch on this morning, where we're kind of living in the tension of something in the future and something in the now. We're here in the present reality, but we're hoping and expecting something different to come soon. We all have moments, I'm sure you've had a moment where you've hoped for something, good, bad, maybe just to happen, you're not sure, you're not really attached an emotion to it yet, but you're just waiting for that next thing or that next season or that next step. And you're in this middle ground, this tension in between, waiting for the future and here. You know, so often we use this word hope and we talk about it a lot and the world talks about it a lot. And I think the issue we have with it these days is now it's dwindled down to nothing more than just wishful thinking. I hope this, hope that, hopefully, I'm hopeful, I wish, I'm waiting, I don't know, but I just hope it turns out good, hope it happens. And I can't help but think as well, and Jamie kind of touched on it, this time of year, the amount of people that are hoping for something better, hoping for a better future, hoping for a better next year, hoping for a better circumstance to go into, hoping that they, maybe they could get out of that poverty zone and into starting to thrive and survive in their life and go forward in their life, hoping for a different reality, hoping for good news through this Christmas season. But I want to share something this morning. I want to encourage us that we actually know a greater hope than just wishful thinking. We know the hope of the world. And we actually carry that hope in our lives and with our lives and the way we speak, the way we act, the way we love towards this world. We share a hope of the world that we can go out this Christmas season and provide and deposit and invest that hope into the lives of others around us who might so desperately need it this season. You know, the world knows the currency of hope. If you've seen advertising or marketing, they'll actually market to you that if you could hope and believe in it enough, you'll buy a product or you'll invest into a scheme or something. 
because they just know that if they can get you to hope a little bit, they've got you. <laughs> you know, when we look back in ancient Bible times and we start to look at this, the Greeks and everyone in this world knew this as well. And I want to share this quote by Ben Craver talking about hope. And it shares this. He says, The biblical view of hope is thus significantly different from that found in ancient Greek philosophy. The Greeks recognized that human beings expressed hope by nature. And we still do this today. However, this kind of hope reflects both good and bad experiences. The future was thus a projection of one's own subjective possibility. Biblical hope avoids this subjectivity by being founded on something that provides a sufficient basis for confidence in its fulfillment. God and his redemptive acts as they culminate in the birth, life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the hope we have, church. This is the hope we have. It came, it happened, it's real. His name is Jesus Christ. He died for you and for me. When Jesus Christ was born, they said, call him Emmanuel, God with us. We have this hope. It's true. I can't help but think back and I love the Old Testament and looking into the Old Testament. I don't know why. I studied ancient history. Maybe that's got something to do with it. But I love looking back and sometimes we need to look back to look forward and sometimes we need to actually assess what happened back then so we can recognize and acknowledge where we stand today with the word and with God as well and so I want to take us back a little bit so we can understand where we are today and then how we can walk out of here today as well with this hope is that all right can you ride this bus with us cool so here we go we know that the ancient Israelites were a community and cultural group and they started forming as a tribal and then they became a kingdom under David and Saul and Solomon you know, the Israelites back then always knew God as their God as spiritual, but unlike other religious groups and cultural groups at the time, there was actually a perception that God wasn't just spiritual, but He actually manifest and provide things in material or physical ways. We understand this when we look at Abraham and God made a covenant with Abraham to provide him sons, uh, who would be the father of many nations. Or we look at this when the Israelites came to the promised land, that God would provide them a land, a physical, material place flowing with milk and honey. Their worship of God of Yahweh was linked to this ability that God would promise and provide something physical or material for them. So they had a hope that God would actually, He would speak a word, a covenant, a blessing, a promise with His people. And if they were to obey Him, they would actually walk and into the fulfillment of this promise, the material and physical you know, this is so much like us today. Sometimes we ask God for things or we look to God and go, God, I'm believing for this. I'm hoping for this. God, you've maybe promised me this and I'm waiting now and I'm going to be obedient to you and walk and hopefully it'll come to pass that I'll be able to actually access, engage with or be able to use that material or physical blessing that you've spoken. We do this, right? But see, as we go along, we keep learning and understanding things from the Israelites because when we look back, they just worshipped him basically to get what they wanted, <laughs> to get the material or physical promise. So they're going, yeah, we believe in Yahweh because he's going to provide us this great land and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> We're going to worship him because he's going to give us what we need. He's going to defeat the enemy. And that's what we need at this moment. You know, we still do this, right? We look to God and we hope for things, we pray for things, but we're going, God, I'm looking to you to get this. I'm looking towards you because you've said you're going to provide that. And so I'm going to worship you till I get that. 
And what we learn of the ancient Israelites is they did that, but then once they walked into that material or physical blessing, they often forgot who God was. They turned their back, walked away. Next minute, all of a sudden, another country, another nation started conquering them, and they're going, what's happening? Why is it all falling to pieces? So they didn't actually worship God for God. They worshipped God for what they could get from Him. They hoped in Him for the promise, but not ever for His deliverance or to have a relationship with Him personally and individually. You know, coming around this Christmas time, I can't help but think of the, um, the poor innkeeper in Bethlehem. You know, you read the Christmas story, right? And we know that it was the birth of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, hope of the world, right? And so then when I read the Christmas story and they, Mary and Joseph, you know, hanging out, riding the donkey, getting to Bethlehem, no AC, hot summer day, wherever it is, they're going along and they're getting there and they're like, man, we just need a room, we're going to go to the inn. They get to this inn, the innkeeper's like, sorry, bro, don't have any room. And I laugh because we have hindsight. And I'm going, isn't it so interesting that he would have been an ancient Israelite, right? He would have been looking for the promised Messiah, That's what they're all looking for at some point in their life. Yet here's Mary and Joseph carrying the promised Messiah, coming to him for room to stay to give birth to Jesus Christ, and he's going, don't have room. (laughs) I just find it a little bit funny, right? And so I think about that, and I'm like, man, he missed an incredible moment. Could have had like a sign, birthplace of Jesus Christ right here. (laughs) He could have advertised in future years, but he missed it because he was looking for something else. His hope was that, and much like the Israelites, he hoped for a political leader, or they hoped for a military leader that would come and overthrow all the other nations. And their perception of what they hoped for actually made them ignorant to the hope that was actually coming. (laughs) How often do we do this? Our perception of what we hope for, it's got to look like this, God, because that's the way I prayed it, or that's the way I believed it. So I'm looking for this outcome, and when you bring it to me in another way that I don't see or perceive, I'm going to shut it down or block it out. (laughs) Can I encourage you? Maybe there's some things that you're hoping for in God or through God. Can you be open or open your eyes or your mind or your life to going, God, actually, how do you want to do it your way? Because more than just the promise, we want you as well. More than the promise, it's actually you that's important. And so when hope comes to me in this moment, I don't want to be like the innkeeper and shut it away. Maybe valid point, he didn't have room, he was being honest. I'll give that to him. But can we actually just acknowledge and go, God, even if it doesn't look like how I think it looks, help me to see it and allow space for that hope to grow or to be born in my life. And so this innkeeper's like, shut him away, he's like, go to the stable, whatever, you know, give birth there. Would have been a pleasant experience, I'm sure. Not? Absolutely not. Anyway, and so he's there and he's closed out hope in his life. And I don't want to be a person or a people or I don't want it to be said of city church that we wanted hope, we wanted hope in a saviour and a God, but we shut the door to it because it wasn't how he looked. It wasn't how we wanted it to look. Can we be a people that are open to God that say, God, if you say it, we're going to believe you, we're going to trust you, and even if it comes in a way that we don't perceive or expect, help us to have the eyes to see it through Christ, that we can look for it. You know, when we move to the New Testament, um, we understand a shift in thinking between how the Israelites and how even Christians in those days and the disciples who walked with Jesus viewed hope. You know, even the word changes. You know, in the Old Testament, it was more like they were just waiting. 
That's really the rough translation. They're just waiting. But in the New Testament, it shifts to this word LPs. And that's more of a confident waiting. They're eagerly expecting. And so it comes to this time in history where the Israelites and the people are confidently waiting for God's promises to happen. They're confidently seeing it. What does that mean? Well, it shifts the way we wait, right? We can wait. Just waiting for my burger. Waiting for my car to get ready. Waiting for that test result. Just waiting. Or we can confidently wait and go, you know what, I know it's going to get ready. I know the burger's coming because I ordered it and they said it was in stock. And so I'm waiting for my meal. And I'm waiting for after the service to get some food because it's all coming out there. It's already ready. And we're expectantly waiting. We're confidently waiting because we know it's going to happen because we've already seen a hint of it. And that's the kind of waiting these New Testament believers started to have in their life. And we understand this because they started to live with Jesus Christ, who was the hope of the world. And it really shifted. We get into Paul's writing, and every time he talks about waiting or hope, he talks about the waiting for Jesus Christ. And he goes, I'm waiting. I've seen what he's done. I've heard the stories. I've heard the testimonies. And so even now, while my body might be feeling in pain or I might be suffering, I'm waiting for what God's going to do. Because I've seen him do it before. I've heard him do it before. I'm going to hope in confidence and trust and be expectant for what God's going to do because it's a new way of thinking. See, here's the thing I want to encourage us with. Hope is not a wishful thinking or a fairy tale kind of thinking. It's not even really the emotion we get. You know, when you're backed up against the wall and things look tight and then the music starts to swell and like the camera flicks and there's a little glance and you're like, okay, here we go. We can do it. You know what I mean? It's like the emotions start stirring the music there and you're like, yeah, it's going to happen. We're coming through. You could have that type of hope if you want, but more important than that type of hope, which is wishful, I want to encourage you to have a confident hope. Going, actually, I'm going to stand on the word and promises of God This is not just going to be an emotion in my life that's based on the circumstance around me, but I'm going to choose to have hope in Jesus Christ, that He is who He said He is, that He will do what He said He will do. And I'm going to stand and I'm going to wait for whatever it is He's told me to wait for until He's ready to go and then I'm going to go. And I'm going to stand up and be ready and be expectant for whatever it is that I'm going to move forward. Can I share with you a psalm and... This is a whole psalm we're going to ride with, and um, it's an old song, and I was tempted to sing it, but uh, I know people don't love my singing, so no, you really don't want to do it. Anyway, so there's this psalm, Psalm 42, and we understand that the psalmist at this point in time, he was separated and isolated from his community somewhere in northern Palestine, and he's all by himself. He's starting to get hungry. He's starting to get depressed and downtrodden. And he really chooses not to just think of hope as an emotion based on his circumstance, because his circumstance would point otherwise, but he chooses to have a conviction of hope in Jesus Christ. And it reads like this, if we look at Psalm 42, as the deer longs for streams of water, some of you are always singing the song in your head, (laughs) I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night, I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taught me, saying, where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking. As I remember how it used to be, 
I walked among the crowd of worshippers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I'll praise him again, my saviour and my God. Now I'm deeply discouraged. (laughs) This brother needs help, but I'll remember you. Even from the distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones, they scoff, where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart sad? I'll put my hope in God, I'll praise him again, my saviour and my God. It's an awesome psalm, and I love it because it shows perfectly that tension of the in-between, right? You read it, and he's going, why am I so discouraged? Why am I so sad? Why is everyone taunting me? God, I trust you. I'm looking to you. Why am I so depressed? Why am I so forgotten? God, I'm going to trust you. I love this because it is so human. It's so what happens to us. We have these moments where we go through and go, yes, God, I'm looking to you. I'm going to keep walking the way you've called me to. I'm going to keep going there. But God, it's really hard. God, it's really hard going and keep going. And no one else seems to believe me. But God, I'm going to trust you again. I'm going to keep going. And this is the thing. We've got to move our hope from being this wishful thinking or emotion based off what's happening to having it as this conviction, this reminder going, no, I'm going to hope in God. I'm going to trust him again. I'm going to look to him again. I'm going to remember what he's done in the past, and I'm going to believe that he's going to do that again in my life in the future. So I'm going to trust him. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. A few things from this. I just love how the psalmist here restores his hope in God. What does it say? It says, as I remember how it used to be, I walked among the crowd of worshippers. Are we a crowd of worshippers? I hope so. I think so. We're, we're in the right place, right? This is church. Yeah, cool. All right. I walked in the church in the crowd of worshippers, and when I was there, we all encouraged each other into who God was. We encouraged each other and said, hey, I believe God's got the best for you. Hey, I believe God's going to do this in your life. Hey, I believe God's given you the gift of encouragement and joy. I was there, and we worshipped together, and as we worshipped together, I was more encouraged because there was more of us. It wasn't just me. We're all worshipping God together, right? We're in the right place? Yeah, cool. I remember that it wasn't just me. I'm not left by myself. I'm in a crowd of people that worship the living God. I love that as well. More than just remembering where he was in the good times, but he remembers that God is actually alive and living. Do you remember that? Because sometimes it's hard, right? Sometimes we can go on with life and forget it. But we've got to remember that God's alive. He's moving. His word's alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. He's alive. He's speaking. If we want to hear him, we just open our word, the word of God, read it, get it into our soul, into our spirit. We ask him to speak to us as we pray, as we worship. And we go, yeah, God, I'm going to believe in you because you're alive, you're active, you're living, you're moving. And even when I can't see that, even when I can't hear that, I'm going to remember. Remember what you've done in the past. And I'm going to look forward to the future knowing that you can do it again. So I love this moment of faith 
in here as well that um, the psalmist writes. <laughs> it's so funny how it just conflicts so quickly. See, he has this great moment of faith towards the end in verse 9. He says, Oh God, my rock, I cry. <laughs> he reads, He's like, No, God's here. He's going to do this. I'm going to stand firm on him. <laughs> and this is his faith speaking. His faith's coming. He's like, No, nah, we're going for it. God's real. God's alive. He's moving. I'm going to believe in him. I'm going to trust him. And then his experience comes in and goes, but everyone's forgotten you. Maybe God's forgotten you. <laughs> Which voice are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the voice of faith and hope and trusting God and going, God's my rock. He's firm. I'm going to trust him. Or are you going to listen to your past experience? <laughs> You've forgotten. <laughs> Not worthy. Or faith. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. You're more than conquerors through Christ who gives you strength. I want to let my faith speak and encourage me and remember who God is and how he is. Hebrews 6, 16 to 20 says this. This is Paul writing. People swear by someone greater than themselves and the earth confirms what is said and it puts an end to all arguments. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things, which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take a hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Here's the thing. This hope that we talk about, this hope, New Testament, after Jesus Christ on the cross, born, raised to life, died on the cross and was resurrected for you and for me, this is the hope we have. It happened. His name was Jesus. He died so that we could be restored. When it says he entered the inner sanctuary past the curtain, the curtain that was torn on the cross, when he restored us to a relationship with God, he's there. He's waiting for you and for me to have a hope and a trust in Him, to have confidence in who He is. This is why we can come to Him. Because more than just the psalmist saying, oh God, my rock, He's our Savior. And we can know Him. He's saved our soul from all the turmoil we might face or we might end up in our life or the circumstances and situations. We can walk beside Him because hope more than just a conviction or a feeling or an emotion it lives inside of us in the person of Jesus Christ. We have this hope, Emmanuel, God with us. Holy Spirit given to you and to me. Holy Spirit leads us into all truth and reminds us of who God is. He is the hope of the world. Do you remember that this morning? Would you remind yourself? You know, Romans fifteen thirteen. Sorry, I love scripture. Is that okay? hope you love. Romans 15, 13 says this, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so good, hey? And it's worth reminding ourselves because we're human, right? We forget. And sometimes more than forgetting, sometimes situations or circumstances happen to us that maybe break us or cause holes in our heart or our life. But we carry this treasure in earthen vessels. 
and we have a Holy Spirit we can come to and say, God, I just need you again. Would you remind me? Would you refresh me? Would you restore me? Would you fill me again with your hope, with confident hope that I can trust you, that I'd be filled with joy and your peace? Not joy or peace that this world could give, but only you can give. You know, this morning, it's funny that Ben got up in the MC time and started to share about that song and give us that time to wait and reflect and actually stir our faith for what God is doing, that what we're waiting for will come to pass. Because right now, I just and I felt this morning, it was just a moment to reflect and even to be filled again with this hope, to remind ourselves who God is, to remember what He's done, to remember those good moments in His presence with Him that give us strength when we do face the hardship, that we can continue to stir our faith, stir our hope, not an emotion when things are going well, but the conviction saying that, no, I know God's my rock and I know He's my Savior and He's already won the victory for me on the cross. And so I don't have to fear. I don't have to wait unsure. I can wait confidently and go, God, you've got this. God, you're good. Even though I don't know the circumstance, even though I don't perceive how you might bring it about, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to stand on your word on your promise and more than your word and promise even if I don't have them I've got you we've got you and so this morning I'd love to just pray for you and maybe we just take this moment and Holy Spirit would start to minister to you as we close our eyes I'd just ask that yeah maybe if you're saying God I need this hope I need to be reminded of who you are I need to have confidence again in what you've done in my past the testimonies stories or the breakthroughs that you've already come through for me, that I'd be reminded of who you are, that I can walk forward into this next season. Holy Spirit, would you just minister to us in this moment? Holy Spirit, would you bring joy? Would you bring peace? God, would you help us to recall and remember all you've done for us? God, for those of us maybe facing a hard season or for those of us maybe stuck in the waiting between where we are now and where we're expecting or believing to be, God, would you just give us the faith to believe, to have confidence again in you, in your word, in your promise, God, in who you said you are. Holy Spirit, fill us again with your joy, with your confidence, with your hope with your peace. Amen. You know, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know who Jesus is or you've heard about him today or previously and you're going, yeah, this Jesus guy, he sounds pretty good. (laughs) You know, he really is the saviour of our souls. You know, we face this turmoil, not just physically, and Paul talks about all his afflictions and sufferings. But he goes, no, it's worth it because I've got Jesus Christ. I've got a relationship with him, the living God. I know him personally. And the Bible tells us that we can actually know him ourselves personally. He came, he died on that cross to restore us to a relationship with God. And I just ask that maybe you're here and you're going, yeah, I don't know him, but I want to. I want to open my life to him. This next moment, I'm just going to ask that we close our eyes again. You just raise your hand. There's nothing powerful about that, but just so I know who I'm praying for, just praying that God would reveal himself to you and that as you start this journey of saying, yeah, I want to know who Jesus is, that you'd have confidence in him 
and you could take his word, take his promises and continue to walk the rest of your life knowing him and loving him. And so if that's you, if you don't know who Jesus is and you want to, or maybe you once knew who Jesus was and you want to come back to him, would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? Awesome. Well, God, we just look to you and we ask that, yeah, you reveal yourself to us. From this moment on, God, we're choosing you. And we ask that you speak to us clearly in a way that you choose to, that we understand as well. God, give us confidence in who you are, that we can have the confident hope in you for all our days. God, we ask that as we open our life to this relationship with you, you'd just be present and we know that you're present. Give us confidence in that. Give us trust in that. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, church, why don't you stand? We're going to continue to worship this morning.